Hello, and welcome to our Top of Mind podcast. In this program, we will sit down with a higher education technology thought leader and discuss the innovative projects they're working on now and into the future. I'm your host, Caitlin Alkani, Vice President of Client Services and Cybersecurity Research at the Tambellini Group. I'm joined today by Dr. Curtis Carver, Vice President for Information Technology and Chief Information Officer at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. Over the next few minutes, we're going to hear Kurt's thoughts on the use of artificial intelligence and chatbots within higher education. Let's get started. Welcome to the program, Kurt. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for the welcome. Thank you for joining us today. Kurt, to start yeah, off I'm the conversation. To, oh, go ahead. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the, uh, the uh, discussion of the topic. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No problem. Kurt, what are some things that come to mind for you when you think about artificial intelligence in higher education? Well, I see artificial intelligence really a continuation of the trajectory that higher education has been on um, um, really over the last couple of decades. We, you know, if you think back 10 years ago, we were having these deep conversations about, you know, traditional classes and hybrid classes and online classes um, and the role of the learning management system. And today we, we, we don't have those conversations at, the, at our university every undergraduate class has a presence in the learning management system. And I think you look to the future, what you're going to see is that artificial intelligence is going to be uh, another point along that trajectory of a more connected, a more intentional, a more intelligent university focused on educating and inspiring the next uh, generation of leaders of our world. And so, while it's a cutting edge topic now, it's kind of like LMS was 10 years or, or, or so ago, um, where uh, 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 we were looking at the potential of this, but I think it aligns with that engagement with our students and changing how they think about the world. So I think there's a very uh, promising future for artificial intelligence as it applies um, uh, to higher education. That's a really fascinating thought that in 10 years, we may be talking about artificial intelligence in use across institutions, like we really think about learning management systems and kind of take it for granted. It's fascinating how quickly technology is changing and then how we adapt to that. Yeah, I think if you look at, if you go back even a little bit uh, longer, ago when you were writing an academic paper, you'd go to the library and you'd go to a card file and um, uh, you would look up your references and it was, and then you'd go into the stacks and go try to find that paper. All of that's automated now, all of that's on the web and you're typically using a, a search engine uh, like Galileo in Georgia or, or, or simply Google uh, or research scholars uh, to actually pull that type of information up and insert uh, it into uh, your document to support research. So I think it, it's just a continuation of uh, accelerating how our students learn and how to, they think critically by taking some of the more mundane tasks off their plate and allowing them to be more intentional and action-oriented. 
Well, Kurt, how is your institution specifically preparing for these innovations? Are you deploying any technologies that use AI? Yeah, we are. We've got two technologies deployed already and a third one that we're on the uh, cusp of deploying. So the first two are um, uh, intelligent agents that are acting on behalf of the faculty uh, based on either students' attendance in class or student performance. So the first agent monitors student attendance, and if they uh, stop consuming uh, content in the learning management system, uh, then it sends on behalf of the faculty member a note uh, asking what's going on in their life, and telling them they're not going to pass the course, obviously, if they don't uh, attend the course and uh, consume the content, but it's really a focus on what's going on, how can we help you? Uh, and having used the system for a number of years, I can tell you my personal experience that that has 100% yield. The students always email me back. They always tell me exactly what's going on that's causing them to, to drift away from consuming the content. And then they promise to change their behavior so that they, they do consume the content. And then they follow through on that. The system normally doesn't have to send them another note. And so that idea of intrusively advising them, asking them what's going on, um, uh, and, and relating to that core concept of you have to attend, you have to be present to learn, uh, at least virtually, uh, um, uh, helps keep those uh, kids on track and helps the university with its progression, graduation, and retention rates. And then the second agent actually uh, monitors their performance on uh, assessments. So it's looking at their quizzes in the midterm and their final, and then they're giving feedback. If the student does well, the agent automatically sends a note on behalf of the faculty member and uh, congratulates them on, you know, acing the quiz or doing well on the midterm. Um, and again, I've used that system and the, the, the students email me back and say, Dr. Carver, you're so funny. You know, it's not me, it's the agent. Um, and and they, but they appreciate that, that celebration of them doing well on that particular assessment. If they don't do well, they get a different note that points them to the prerequisites, asks them, if there's anything we can do to help get them back on track. But this idea of intrusively engaging and the notes that I'm mentioning are all written by the faculty. They write them once. The agent just automates that process of monitoring and sending on behalf of the faculty member. So it takes work off of the faculty member, leads to increased student engagement, and, in, and, and leads to increased revenue to the institution through those increased uh, graduation progression and retention rates. And then the agent that we're working on right now is a chatbot technology, um, uh, a chatbot technology that allows us to um, uh, um, uh, go and to automate those same types of tasks. Uh, and let me give you some examples of that. So the, the way the chatbot works is, it, the, the intent is for it to be university-wide and it to lead to um, more engagement and more action-oriented, intentional activity by not only our students, but our staff and faculty and everyone else. Well, so a good example of that is, um, a good example of that is a student coming in and uh, trying to apply to the university but our admissions office is closed because it's, you know, 11 o'clock at night. Well, the chatbot can answer a whole bunch of those types of questions and help the students do that process. Um, 
and and and, and the, the same is true for existing students them finding out what their balance is what their course schedule is you know how many uh, people can be on the final project of a specific class we want to take that work off of our normal staff because candidly it doesn't take a lot of intelligence to answer those questions if you do it all the time and B, it's a tremendous service to those prospective students, to our current students. But we want to apply that to our staff, to our researchers, to all of those folks. And so that's the um, 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 intent of the, the, the new deployment. And there are other universities that are uh, working at this now, and that's why I'm, I'm pretty confident that these types of technologies are just going to permeate higher education. Um, and it, again, it's this, this ability to make things more action-oriented. Again, you need only imagine the world without, you know, a Bling or, 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 or Bing or Google, um, and then imagine higher education without those tools specifically focused on the information within um, uh, uh, the university that helps that student progress, uh, retain, and graduate. And Kurt, do you see significant cost savings to the institution with these technologies? I do, because again, those faculty, those uh, 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 staff that were uh, sitting there answering these types of questions that really don't require a whole bunch of intelligence can actually use their um, um, skills and competencies to do work on higher order tasks. Um, and so that's the... Um, that's the intent uh, behind the uh, uh, that's the intent behind this is it will generate uh, savings. I was actually talking with two clinicians and they were talking about how they could use this actually in a medical clinic um, and it would accelerate what they're doing when they've got a patient actually right there uh, and the ability to have this kind of functionality built in that's very intentional. Um, if you look at applying for a research grant, same thing. There, there are components of that that would create a competitive advantage for the university. If you look at someone trying to give uh, money to the university, again, this would be able to extend the hours of uh, the, the relations uh, staff or the, the advancement staff and allow them to use that uh, information so that it, you know, if people want to give you money, make it easy for them to uh, give you money as long as you do it legally. And that's what uh, the chatbot technology will allow us to do. So this brings to mind a bit of a, a different conversation about AI changing the ways that we work. What type of responsibility do you think institutions have to prepare their students for how AI will change the ways that we live and work? That's a great question. I think a part of this is understanding that AI um, at its core, especially at, at, at this level, uh, there's a certain degree of programming that is going on, and that programming doesn't mean that it's perfect programming. Uh, you can see from all the patches we get to our software that that, that software is not written uh, perfectly. And so the, as we look at our students, um, just like we prepare them to evaluate um, news and information and media, they're going to have to evaluate the answers that come back from these uh, systems, the suggestions that come back. They're going to have to uh, apply judgment and wisdom. And so that ability to think critically, 
becomes even more important in this age of artificial intelligence and information overload. Uh, the ability to uh, determine which systems to trust, which systems not to trust, which systems have bias built into them um, that have to be addressed, kind of like the news feeds that we receive today, um, in terms of being able to detect the bias, evaluate it independently, and then reach a, a appropriate decision. Let's go back to talking about chatbots specifically what is all the buzz about chatbots today? What, what's going on with that? Well, uh, the, the chatbot was a technology that was uh, originally developed and used um, principally within IT organizations or customer service organizations. So typically when you go to a website and you see you know, a note that says, hi, I'm John and I'm here to help you. Do you have any questions about buying this system or this product? That's actually a chatbot. That the the that is the initial stages of that interaction with a customer. A lot of those questions can be predicted, and even streams of questions can be predicted and programmed in. We use the same thing with uh, help desk. A lot of help desks have chatbot technology applied to it to take work off of that help desk and allow the help desk to um, uh, answer more sophisticated questions but the customers are, are more satisfied because they're receiving immediate feedback. They think it's a person, it's not, it's actually uh, programmed code, so that there's cost savings there, and then there's greater utilization of the staff that you do have. They're, asking, they're answering the more difficult or exotic questions or the questions that don't come up very often. And then part of that is a feedback loop. By monitoring the questions that come up, you can uh, determine what new questions and answers need to be added to the system. And what kind of efficiencies do you think chatbots will provide? You're in the midst of deploying your own chatbot. What are your own expectations? Well, I think that's a good question. If you look at uh, this, we really don't know yet. There, there are other universities, as I mentioned, that have deployed this um, and done it for subsets of the university, we're kind of looking at doing this broadly, of uh, using this within advancement, within athletics, of, of uh, looking at how, how do we not put more work on our staff, but how do we take something off of what our staff and our faculty uh, are doing? How do we delight uh, our customers across the university by that engagement? And our belief is that's going to lead to some process optimization, uh, some definite cost efficiencies as we have staff focused on more highly valued uh, work, um, and then also lead to revenue growth uh, within advancement, within research, and within our uh, student retention uh, progression and graduation rates. So, um, because that generates tuition for the university. So, the, the, the idea here is we don't know the answer yet. Um, we think it will be substantial. Well, great. I can't wait to hear about the progress of your project and what kind of outcomes you end up having in the next 24 months. Yeah, we're, we're, we're really excited about how this is going to play out. and it, it, it should be uh, pretty quick in the delivery on that chatbot technology. The underlying technology all works. Uh, we've got to work on the content creation now.
so we talked about efficiencies broadly. What kind of things are you expecting in regards to the constituent experience? What kind of impact are you thinking you're going to see with your students and faculty and staff? Well, if I think we do it the right way, we're, we're, we're going to allow students to be more intentional, to, to have the right information, to make the right decisions. Um, we'll definitely have a broader base. Instead of calling a number or searching for a website, you're just asking a question and immediately being pointed to the right um, uh, information source to get that or the, the, the right place to take an action uh, to move your educational experience or your research experience forward. So I think it has broad uh, spread uh, applicability, widespread applicability. And I think the, 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 um, it, it's gonna end up delighting folks. Again, I mentioned the example, there are a fair number of organizations at a university that are really staffed eight to five. Um, our students don't work eight to five or they would prefer not to work eight to five. They're studying all the time, they're innovating and, and learning all the time. And you want that ability uh, to at least virtually be there to help them uh, as they're going through that product. It's the same with our faculty. Our faculty are working all the time. They, no one, I, I don't know a single faculty member who works eight to five. Um, so they're working seven days a week. They're trying to change the world. Um, you want to make it easy for them to do the things that they routinely need to do. And sometimes it's asking questions or figuring out a process or, 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 or um, 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 submitting some uh, form and so to the extent that you can automate that process make it easy for them take something off their plate and allow them to focus on their disciplinary expertise um, uh, then um, you're going to uh, ultimately delight them and so that's why I think this has very widespread functionality uh, within the uh, modern research university so there seems to be a lot of positives to deploying uh, chatbots institution-wide, but what about downsides? Do you think there are any negatives? Well, I don't know that I would characterize them as negatives, but I would say that there is risk um, associated uh, with chatbot, well, with any you know, artificial intelligence system. And so you, you could have, if you're working, you know, a lot of the systems we're working on you could have collaborative risk, okay? And that's uh, risk where you're, you're trying to help facilitate collaboration or solving something, but you don't have the right questions in there, you've got them formed the wrong way, and so the, the user ends up uh, becoming um, uh, frustrated with the system uh, and moves on to do something else. I think you also have what's called viral risk. And so viral risk is where um, the uh, intelligent agent is spreading or artificial intelligence system is spreading a bad decision across a, um, a whole series of other systems. And a good example of that is a driverless car, okay? That, that has risk outside the actual car. It can hit other cars, it can hit people, it can hit animals. And so uh, the, 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 those bad decisions can spread and um, ultimately lead to uh, decisions at a larger scale. And then finally, if you've got uh, automated systems that are doing you know, advanced training or advanced collaboration or uh, advanced design or decision support, um, 
it, it can, you can have a cascading risk uh, associated with that. So there's risk in how you build your AI systems and how you deploy them. As you might imagine, the three systems I described are at that very uh, much lower uh, level of risk uh, on the, uh, a risk chart, and we, we're starting there because we think we can manage that risk to an acceptable level, and that the benefits outweigh the risks. But I think as you're in, in, you know, looking at different types of systems, driverless car is something that people are familiar with. Um, there's clearly risk in that system, and those those uh, types of systems, or you know, if you were to automate traffic signs and have those all controlled by intelligent agents. Ultimately, we will get there, but there is significant risk there, and so those types of projects are gonna go a bit slower, um, and those are not as interesting yet uh, at the university level in terms of uh, taking work off of faculty, staff, or students, or creating a competitive advantage for them. Those are great points, Kurt. I've really enjoyed learning from you today, and hearing all your thoughts on this topic, it seems like there's a lot of innovation that will happen within AI and chatbots at institutions in a relatively short amount of time. Do you have any last thoughts you would like to leave with our listeners? Well, I think it's an exciting time to um, be in higher education. It, it, it's a time where there's a, a great deal of change uh, taking place a great deal of uh, thoughtful inquiry into how to get our students to critically think in a rapidly changing world. Um, and, and how do we support that? Is it in person? Is it hybrid? Is it online? Um, is the regurgitation of information really meaningful um, in an era where you can you know, Google anything? Um, and so the, the and the answer is yes, actually it is for certain things. And so the the, the artificial intelligence I think is going to change everything. Um, I think it is to your point going to change everything pretty quickly. Um, and I think those uh, uh, universities and commercial organizations that are embracing it have a competitive advantage as they prepare for the future. And it kind of goes back to you had asked earlier about. Uh, students and what we should tell them uh, and prepare them is, is to let them know that this is a, a big change, um, not only at the university, but within our society, and it is a great area to study and to uh, work in uh, for the next uh, 100, 150 years or so as we fully flesh out uh, this kind of technology. Um, and parts of it are going to go very, very fast. Uh, and then other parts are going to, whole ecosystems are going to build around this in ways that we, we probably can't even imagine yet. Um, and so it's an exciting time to be at the university, and it's an exciting time to be working in artificial intelligence. Well, thank you so much for participating today on our Top of Mind podcast, Kurt. Delighted to be with you, and thanks for the opportunity to chat with a larger audience about what's going on. Uh, here at the University of Alabama at Birmingham, and what's going on in, in artificial intelligence. Thank you so much. This concludes our Top of Mind podcast. Thank you for listening, and please check in with us next month.